0: Welcome back to the Life Beyond the Summit Faith Journey Podcast for Men. I'm your host, Steve Kravitz, and Ken and Andrew are here today. We're going to continue our discussion, guys, uh, in the, the uh, book of Matthew, the fifth chapter, regarding the Beatitudes. And uh, We've been covering this, for those of you that may just have listened in for the first time, we've been covering the Beatitudes for the last few podcasts, and we're on uh, number verse number seven of Matthew chapter five, and this is regarding the concept of mercy. I'm just going to read this to us, and then uh, we'll we'll get into a discussion about it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And um, wow, you know, mercy is an interesting word to me, guys. What, what are, off the top of your head, you know, without your background knowledge of the word, what, what comes to mind for you guys about the word merciful or mercy? It's a strong word, I think.
1: Yeah, it is, Steve, and I. I think, for me, when I hear that word mercy, I think of a an unusual kindness that's being extended, or uh, maybe a sympathetic point of view, and I guess an act of forgiveness, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, I think it encompasses all all of those things, and. Probably a lot more, mm-hmm. but for the sake of brevity, I'll go well, with yeah. those. What yeah. do you got, Andrew? Anything?
2: I mean, what? Just off the top of your head? Um, off the top of my head, and really, it's off the top of my head. I just think of other words like forgiving someone, walking in love, um, kindness, compassion, and it all sort of wraps itself around the word mercy. There's a lot to be said about the word mercy in both the old and the new testament and we know that jesus went on the cross because he he extended his mercy to us by taking our sins and being killed the way he was killed right right you know it's funny for for me merciful it's a
0: really strong word it's a very powerful word i you know, I don't think most, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think I would generally think of it if I didn't know any better, I would think of it as being something related to to an, an overture that should otherwise be harshly judged. In other words, it's not, to me, the word merciful would not necessarily equate to my need uh, to demonstrate some form of that if you said something real basic to me, like, uh, you know, I don't agree with you or whatever it might be. You know, it's, to me, it's a strong offering. It's, it's like, holy cow, it goes to something much more significant where mercy, you know, in fact, you know, we talked last time a little bit about the movie, uh, Braveheart Mm -hmm. and, and when he was on the rack there at the end of the movie, didn't, weren't people saying mercy, weren't they yelling mercy? Weren't they using that word? Mercy. It seems to me that they were. So my point is, I, I think of generally just, again, off the top of my head, as I've asked you guys to do, I think of mercy as being a very fully charged word for extreme circumstances. I realize it's not just for those, but we don't see a whole lot of mercy being applied in society today, wouldn't you agree? I mean, that we're living in really rough times. Are you I mean,
1: kind of saying it sort of equates to being extended grace in place of maybe a deserved Judgment, yeah, or? yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah. It's it, to to me, it feels like a really radical term that's necessary for radically uh, uh, radically exercise behavior. That you know, what do we do? Does this person get judgment? Are they condemned? Or do the or do we extend mercy? So I think the words. I'm just saying the words a very powerful word. It's a very powerful. I think it does obviously mean forgiveness. It it, it means the extension of grace. But it seems to me that the word applies to extreme circumstances. I think you're right. You know, if
2: if a man goes before a judge for a crime, you know, typically... A murder, for example. Yeah, typically the law of the land constricts how much mercy the judge can extend under those circumstances. He has to follow the law. But we know that if that was not in place, you can see a judge saying, well, you did commit this crime instead of giving you life in prison, I'm going to show mercy and only give you 10 years or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, a judge has, is a judge going to extend that mercy to that, that criminal? Or is he not going to? So he really has a lot of power. I mean, you're, and you're right. I mean, well, there,
0: I, I just think of the natural, in the naturals, purely the natural. I think we tend to, I tend to think of the word mercy as being a, a very radical term that's required under radical circumstances like you know you mentioned court of law you know you've got a murder case and the question is will uh, the the audience is like you know he deserves death and 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 then there's the other side Will will the judge show mercy will he show mercy yeah. kind of like in the movie i i think it's a pretty strong term but i do think there is at every level a lack of it in today's society
1: how many of us when we were kids maybe Playing with siblings or whatever, and we were wrestling around or whatever, and one would grab the other and pin them. And what would they cry, Uncle? I, oh, yeah, I, I uncle, scream, Uncle, is, you know, please, which is me in, in, offense, in effect saying, I give up, I give up, you know, right? Stop. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, a yeah. very premature uh, and primitive expression of, you know, I want mercy, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. You know, looking at
0: this, let me read it again just for the sake of revisiting it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So there's the the notion of reaping what we sow. Uh, one thing I'll say is that I think there's not a one of us listening or in this podcast, the three of us here, that wouldn't always want to receive mercy. Who doesn't want to receive mercy? We, we all do. We all want mercy, but we're not always real good about giving mercy. The I, flip
1: side of that is how many of us are practicing extending mercy. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so often yeah. there's there's a, in all of our lives, there's hypocrisy and we don't operate. We don't do unto others as we would have them do unto us, right? That's not the typical response to things. Um, I, I remember once a guy told me a, the only good deal, no matter what the deal is in discussion, is where it's reversible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in other words, well, let, I talk about a deal. Let's say you're selling a car. Well, I want 5,000 for the car. Well, would I pay 5,000 for the car? <laughs> and I want to, I want to need out a judgment. Well, what I want that same judgment needed out in my life. And it's a, it's a great, uh, I think that's what happened, frankly, in my opinion, I don't know that I'm on solid ground with this, but you know, there's lots of discussion and commentary about what the the uh, what Jesus was writing in the sand when it came to the woman and her adulterous behavior, her her prostitution, her her behavior, and all those that were there to stone him. By the end of the discussion, were gone, and there's the the question is, where where what was he writing in the sand that provoked them to leave? Was it the sense that wow, I guess. I guess if I got what I deserved, I might be stoned.
2: And he said, "He who is without sin, cast the first stone." Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: So the the notion being that, you know, there was hypocrisy in operation. They wanted to follow the letter of the law, and condemn her. But really, was there any measure of activity in their own lives, behavior in their own lives, that may have deserved the same? And when they were honest with themselves, they backed away. It's always a good. It's always a good test, isn't it? Before you know, I think of things we can do with our kids or with our spouses or even with our friends, how we respond to circumstances, situations, discussions, whatever it might be, are we walking in mercy as we would want that same mercy? Oftentimes we don't. don't. oftentimes Oftentimes we don't. don't. You know, before we get into the scripture, I want to read a, 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 this is out of uh, Christianity.com, not Christianity Today, but it says, what is mercy? And this is a... um, it says Bible verses and meanings. So there's a number of Bible verses that are referenced, but it says, uh, God's mercy means his pity, his compassion, his kindness toward people. His mercy shows up in the believer's life as salvation first. And then God continues to show his mercy in ongoing forgiveness. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It says in this particular, uh, author's opinion. Um, in the Bible, God's mercy means well. Oh, I'm sorry, that's a repeat of the same. Um, here's a uh, uh, a meaning of mercy. Another definition: it's it's God's mercy, His patience in action. God acting patiently. It is God extending patience to those who deserve to be punished. That's an interesting one. That would kind of speak to all that we've mentioned here. Mercy is not something God owes to us. By definition, mercy cannot be owed. But it is something God extends his kindness and grace to those who do not deserve it. That is the definition of grace, unmerited favor. Uh, mercy, I, I said before we got on the podcast, mercy to me is, is, uh, is a response to something that has become an act generally against us, right? I mean, it's a, something that we feel threatened by. So the question is, will we extend mercy th- to that threat? Or we will, or will we combat that threat with judgment?
1: Yes, yeah. and I think one of the key things about this whole concept is that it is an act, it requires action. It's, yeah, it, it's not just a, a thought or an idea right. or a philosophy, but it requires action. Yeah, so
0: you're saying, yeah. so for example, let's say you and I are having a discussion and somehow I offend you, right? I, I have acted. And that's going to demand some sort of response out of you. And that will either be judgment or mercy. Mercy. And the mercy, well, the one thing we know for sure, mercy unites, but judgment divides, right? It separates. It breaks down. It, it creates uh, it creates division and strife when we walk in judgment. But when we walk in mercy, it's healing. It's an allo, right? right? It, it provides healing. There's another, before we jump into some of these scriptures, there's another meaning that this writing offers. It says it's beyond our understanding. That is really true, isn't it? Mercy is beyond our understanding. It says, not only do we have a patient God, his mercy is incomprehensible. Um, The cross displays God's mercy and grace and justice and does so with startling clarity. Wow. That's pretty strong. Um, If you've never been deeply scandalized or offended by the cross, you may have never heard its message. Wow. If you've never been scandalized or offended by the cross, you may have never heard its message. Grace, mercy, unmerited, you know, unwarranted, unearned. It's it's beyond our understanding. And when we walk in it, It's often beyond the understanding of the the ears that are hearing it. When we walk in mercy, I think generally when we've audited somebody, we we we, we feel the sting of that, and we have a choice to deal with it. We we can either say, make a phone call, and say, "I'm sorry," you know, or we can we we can do what we do, but what we do will affect the outcome of the incident. That's for sure. How we respond to an incident occurring in our lives, whether it be with our wife, our friends, our children strangers acquaintances employees the way we respond is going to create a future right right in that relationship that's either good or bad or
1: indifferent and we have a choice to make in that situation we have a choice we do and you know in john chapter 10 it's there's a discussion about the parable of the good shepherd, but Mm -hmm. Jesus says in verses 17 and 18, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Mm. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is, laying out very clearly that he made a choice. His Even choice. he did. Even he did, right. I mean, the ultimate example, uh, obviously, of love and sacrifice and mercy and grace and everything in his going to the cross, but it it was the ultimate action and ultimate sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He He decided
0: of his own volition to act on what we know to be John 3.16. While we right. were yet sinners, he chose... to to die on our behalf. To take the punishment, the chastisement of our flesh was upon him. I mean, what we deserved, he took. Any, Any thoughts, Andrew?
2: Yeah, I think we have to look at our lives in that light. So for example, I heard someone several weeks ago that says, oh, actually it was on YouTube, believe it or not, and it talked about how humility is an action. It's not something that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can say, well, God's given me humility. Therefore, I'm humble now. That doesn't go together. So you either walk in humility or you don't walk in humility or some degrees of humility. But I think um, walking in mercy is the same thing. You have to decide to be merciful for those who don't deserve mercy. Mm -hmm. Clearly, there's many times that people don't deserve mercy. Let's just say there's a family or a institution. And we know even in this capitalistic world, you can be hurt by people and you can be hurt by businesses Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. um, and they have clearly wronged you. And then God can reveal to you, well, should you fight for what is right in this world? Um, Or should you just walk in mercy towards that person, that family, that institution, that wrongdoing? We know that this is a very unjust world. And many people are oppressed mm-hmm. um, in one way or another, especially outside the United States, when they have a more wicked government than we have here in the United States, where they are living under oppression, an oppressive ruler, an oppressive institutions. You know, everything is unjust, everything is unfair. The rich become richer. They are more unjust. They are more evil. They gather up more of the money. They oppress more people in all kinds of ways. And even, even God even says, pray for your, your wicked government. Pray for those who are over you, mm-hmm. for your president, for the Congress, for your mayor. Um, So we need to choose, even when we're wronged, like you said, it's a strong word. Walk in mercy, be merciful to someone who's wronged you. You know, if, I mean, I can come with all kinds of...
0: And what you said kind of reminds me of, pray for those who deceitfully use you. I mean, that's... that's, And really, praying for them is showing mercy. Yes. Praying that the Lord will forgive them, praying that the Lord will bless them despite their behavior, despite their ilk, despite their sin, despite their wrongdoing. Praying for those. And what was the... Did you... I'm sorry, I was looking at something while you were saying that. Did you also talk about the... The heaping of coals—you didn't reference that. No, I didn't reference but, but that. one. Well. That's the same thing. You know yeah. the the uh, how- well, and a
1: little further on in the uh, Beatitudes in in Matthew five, he talks about you know we're going to be persecuted, but what are we supposed to do for those who persecute us? Are we supposed to fight them and try to harm them? No. What's he tell us to do? Well, we're to, to turn pray. the other cheek and to pray. We're to pray for them, yeah. right? Yeah. So
2: wow. So we have yeah. to we have to look at Jesus and say he showed in John 10 that he had the initiative he he had the he had the right he took the initiative. Yeah, yeah. he took the initiative to go to the cross, mm-hmm. but he had the right really did right he, he, he did it? Just cuz he was the son of God I say just and we know that he was God almighty. He's God, you know, part of the Trinity. He had the choice to not save us on the cross. But what did he do? Did he say, God, give me mercy for these people? He walked in mercy because he mm-hmm. saw his father was merciful. And all of the scriptures from the Old Testament talk about mercy. And so he chose to have mercy on us who were just pathetic. And listen, as he's dying on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about mercy. Mm-hmm. Being beaten and scourged mm-hmm. and bloody and you couldn't even recognize him. He's still walking in mercy and forgiveness saying they know not what they do. So he's our example and we have to see that in Jesus we're like him Mm -hmm. and that even as he's merciful and kind and forgiving, we have to choose to be that way towards other. And um, there's a scripture in James 2.13, listen to this one, you guys. It says, judgment is without mercy to who to one who has shown no mercy mercy but mercy triumphs over judgment mm-hmm. so the opposite of mercy is judgment and it so, will befall yeah, us if yeah. we yeah and for those other. who do not accept jesus you say well why do why do good people who don't just say they're good people don't choose jesus in this world to walk in his ways and ask him for forgiveness why are they judged in in eternity because God has extended his great mercy through Jesus Christ and through all the other things he does for us, but mainly through Jesus' blood. Mm -hmm. And the opposite of mercy is judgment. How, if he he would not, uh, uh, if the scripture says, if he would give us his most precious gift, his own son, think about that, that he would give us Jesus Christ, how could we not follow him? I mean, so... He must, judge, he must judge us because we willingly said, I, I do not want your mercy. I have my good works instead. My good works will get me to heaven, and they reject Jesus Christ. So therefore, all God can do is judge them. But mercy triumphs is better than judgment. Actually, His mer- says mm-hmm. mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm-hmm. He would much more rather to give you mercy than to judge you because he loves us and cares for us. And there's all kinds of scriptures about mercy. It says, um, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is Psalm 23. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Mm -hmm. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will not be forgiven. And it says, in James, it says, so speak... And and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mm. And it goes on and on and on. So mercy is a huge deal. And we know that there's reciprocity in this world. We know that as a man sows, he's going to reap. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me show you a couple of scriptures on that, if you don't mind. No, um, even as even as these beatitudes talk about, um, you know, blessed are those who do this; they will be shown mercy. I'm sorry, blessed are those who, um, you know, act a certain way, then the blessing will come upon them. Look at look at Psalm 18, um, verse 25 says, "With the kind, you will show yourself kind." With the blameless, you will show yourself blameless, meaning you shall show yourself You show yourself blameless as God. Mm-hmm. So with the kind, God shows himself kind. With the blameless, God shows himself blameless. And with the pure, God shows himself pure. And with the crooked, he shows himself astute, or there's another word called shrewd. In other words, mm-hmm. he doesn't put up with that stuff. So we know that you know as a man sows in this world into the hearts of other men good or bad there is a great judge mm-hmm. who's got an infinite mind and ability to weigh the thoughts and the intentions of the heart it says he tests he he searches the heart he tests the mind to give unto every man according to his ways mm-hmm. and the results of his deeds basically sowing and reaping yeah did you have something you wanted to say there Ken?
1: Well there's another scripture Psalm 41:1 that says how blessed is he who considers the helpless the Lord will deliver him in a day of trouble. Mm. So again just extending that kindness that you know unmerited favor of grace if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what's amazing to me you know we we all know that um Jesus came in the likeness, came in the form of a man. He came as a man. He was man, a man God in a way. He was both and, uh, not either or. He was both and. Uh, but given the scripture we read earlier that Ken shared with us about the fact that he had, uh, he had the, the the right to make the choice as it was given to him by the Lord. And We know in the garden he said, "If you could pass this cup," but he but he was very pointing about saying nonetheless, but not my will, but thy will be done. And we know that it took him remaining sinless to take on all the sins of the world. I guess the point I'd like to make here is that if if Jesus is the role model, obviously he is our savior and he followed the father and he followed the command of the father, despite whatever, you know, it says, it says in scripture that Jesus was tempted in every way that man is tempted. He was familiar with, what it was to be man. He was fully man and fully God at the same time. But the point is on every turn, he chose the will of the father. And all of that obviously, um, you know, was was satisfied on the cross ultimately that his sinless nature took on the sin of the world in that he allowed himself to accept that judgment. And that did it for us. But the point is, he always did only as the father did suggested or showed him or told him or communicated to him. And in the same way, we're called to the same. Uh, In this same article I was reading earlier, it says, uh, why is mercy so important? And Andrew alluded to some of this earlier. Mercy triumphs over judgment, but refusing mercy is disastrous, inviting judgment. So when we don't extend mercy and we don't really, in essence, extend another word i guess could be used with it as forgiveness this notion of letting go forgiving uh, putting that person before the lord raising them up believing the best for them praying for their restoration in whatever it is that they may have needed mercy from it says god's judgment for sin is never unjust his judgment is always the result of mercy that was offered and refused that's when judgment comes in and andrew alluded to that earlier The Lord is patient and never wants us to perish. He wants us to repent. But those who refuse mercy will, by definition, receive judgment. It's that notion of, you know, okay, so if I don't extend mercy, mercy will not be able to extend itself back to me. But when we extend mercy, wow, it's that reaping and sowing, and sowing and reaping, backward and forward. But it really is the the notion that we're to model. What Jesus ultimately modeled while he was tempted, even as we are, to not, you know, he he, there in the garden, you know, he said that I could call down legions of armies and take care of this matter swiftly and not have to endure uh, the, the lashing, not have to endure the beatings, not have to endure the scorning, not have to endure the cross, but nonetheless, not his will, but the Lord's will be done. And really, ultimately, we know it is the Lord's will. To walk in mercy, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in kindness, to walk in goodness. Well, look, look what happens when we do. We find favor, right? You find favor more than not. You find favor.
1: Steve and Andrew, in, in Proverbs uh, chapter eleven, verse seventeen, we're told that the merciful man does himself good. And Steve, this is just following up on what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, But the wicked or but the cruel man does himself harm. So we're told how we can receive a blessing, but we're also warned that we can receive harm if we don't act and walk in the way that we should and extend mercy to others, extend forgiveness, Mm -hmm. show grace, Mm -hmm. show love.
2: You know, you could be a Christian and then. Um, live a life year after year, maybe decade after decade, and be still cruel towards other people, and then I could see God saying, "Hey, look, I've given you all these years to extend mercy towards this person or towards this situation, and you refused. You refused to obey me, and you refi- even after my promptings. Maybe I'm speaking to someone now." And therefore, God can choose not to be merciful to him in this world. Those who have been shown mercy will receive mercy. There's also another scripture that says in 1 Peter 2.10, listen to this. You once were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So that was like in the old man before you were saved, you were not a people, but now you were not God's people. But now that we're saved through Jesus Christ, you are God's people, and he has He has shown you mercy. Therefore, he's requiring of us as a testimony, as our faith, as proving what is just and good and acceptable, we are supposed to walk in that mercy. And we're supposed to see ourselves... Like Christ sees us, like Him, you know we've been grafted into His kingdom, and we're part of His inheritance, and therefore we should walk in mercy. Mm-hmm. How can mm-hmm. how can we not extend mercy in this world? We when we know that it was for mercy that Christ went to the cross,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that He went there to justify us, even though we didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what mercy. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to redefine my mercy definition. Can I do that? Sure. You didn't deserve mercy. As long as it's you know, biblical. you deserve you deserve judgment, but we extended mercy. But but yeah. God extended mercy. In other words, we we deserved eternal judgment for our sins, but God was so merciful that He sent Jesus into this world. Mm-hmm. That is our example wow. and. You know, you got to choose to walk in love. I mean, you just have to. Oh, my gosh. And you have to forgive people. You know, I there's people I've forgiven. They've really made me mad, and I've just chosen to forgive them, and it's been tough. But, you know, I've chosen it, even though I don't feel it sometimes. Right. But I say, hey, look, this world is way too short. I want to please my Father who's in heaven. I want to walk in his ways, and I want to, you know, not receive the other side of not walking mercy would be, would be, you know, I would not be shown mercy. So I I want to do as well.
0: You know what? The other thing that's interesting about that, Andrew, is that feelings are fickle, but the truth is sure and it is settled. So we walk by truth. We walk by not our feelings, just like, you know, think of our marriages or, you know, um, relationships ebb and flow, you know, you, you, because it's based too often on feelings and, I know when Susie and I've struggled, what I return to is the commitment I've made to love, the vow you know you you like to talk about a covenant commitment you You talked about that last podcast, maybe one before um, I know that Ken and I talk about the covenant uh, commitment a lot um, and it's a big deal you know when you make a commitment, whether it's a covenant written or a covenant of the heart. It's a covenant. And it's not based on feelings. It's based on a commitment. It's a binding uh, agreement. And and you know we're called to love our wives. We're called to love the Lord first and our neighbors as ourself. So there really is no room in loving your neighbor as yourself. What person hates their body or hates themselves? Most do not. Most love and care for themselves. Well, in the same way, we're called to love our neighbor. And our neighbor is our friend. It's our it's the person at the pump at the gas station at the across the fence it's our literal neighbor it's our community you know it's our world and you know it's funny you guys the the one of the biggest issues for the unchurched is the hypocrisy in the church wow right, right? it's true there there is uh, a a proper i would say assessment from those outside the church to look at the church and say you guys aren't doing this well and so it behooves the three of us and anyone listening, it behooves the body of Christ to do this well. This is one of the most basic principles of faith. You know, in uh, in you read a little bit out of First Peter, Andrew. I'll read this out of three. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." Now follow this, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow. I mean, you know, are we not thankful? I'm thankful for salvation, and really, therefore, I'm thankful for not only his grace but his mercy. So why is it so difficult for us to extend mercy? I I believe the answer to that is is when we get back into the flesh and we get back into, you know, the other thing you like to point out is two words, sin and pride, Have right. right in the middle of the letter I. Anytime we we move back toward that center of I, that's when things get messed up. That's when we become argumentative. That's when we're holding on to our rights, holding on to our opinions, holding on to our, you know, whatever it may be. But when our convictions, when our convictions, now there can be some very good, wonderful convictions, i.e. the one, I believe, Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin, and as a result, I I walk under His grace, mercy, and in salvation. I will experience eternal life. That is a conviction to me, but it's not a conviction that's designed to condemn another. It's a conviction that's designed to bring conviction to another by virtue of the extension of grace, mercy, hope, love, the fruits of the spirit, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Really, that's what it's supposed to happen how it's supposed to happen. Get out of feelings and get into truth.
1: Steve, further on in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, we're told that God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And of course, a a few verses further on in chapter 2, Verse eight we're told, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Mm. So again, just that that example of mercy and grace constantly being shown to mm. us mm. by God is the, the the way He He's laid out the blueprint blueprint for us, we just have to choose to act it out mm-hmm. and to walk it out each and every day. And I know we, we fall short, but that is that's the example. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. None of us do it perfectly, but my what a what an example Christ has set for us.
0: You know, if if somebody gave us a multiple choice question that included what would you like in people's behavior toward you? And among the mix of multiple choice questions was mercy and another one was maybe judgment and another one was maybe uh, punishment. What would we choose? I mean, uh, it's a pretty simple question. It is. I think it's a simple, easy answer.
1: And you know, the good, the best news about that is that Christ's first response to that is always going to be mercy yeah, and love. He only goes to judgment when we walk away, when we push him away, close the door, say no, thank you. But his response, no matter what we do, is always, "I love you, I forgive you, mm-hmm. I I want to mm-hmm. welcome you back."
0: Yeah, and in a way, the print the principles of, of mercy and judgment are. I I don't even know, I know I might be on thin ice saying this. I I don't I feel like I I. I look at God as merciful. Look look at the garden. You know, he just said this is what I desire you to experience. But just realize the consequence of walking away from that is everything outside the garden and that's not a pretty place. You don't want to choose to go there. It's almost like to me it's it's yeah, you know, he created what was outside the garden. I mean, the 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 opposite of righteousness is unrighteousness the opposite of light is darkness i mean that that all makes sense but it's almost like there it's almost like you know okay if you choose you're choosing to jump off a 20 story building i you're going to suffer a consequence and it's not because i'm necessarily saying this is what you get for doing that it's a principle of our natural science the world we live in gravity and I think, and I choose to look at it this way, It's I don't feel, even though we've read Scripture, maybe to the counter of what I'm about to say, but I feel like it's a part of the natural law of sin and death. If If you don't walk in mercy, then the consequence is judgment. I mean, it's just kind of what happens, you know? If you don't walk behind the guardrail, you're going to suffer the consequence of what's on the other side of the guardrail. It's almost like a natural you know, I'm, you get what I'm saying? It's just like, I, 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 I want to believe that God is an always mercy, but if you step outside of his mercy, if you step outside of salvation, if you choose not to walk in a knowledge of the truth, then you're going to be subject to the lie, which is sin and death, right? It's just the consequence. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, I, it would be really powerful if, if, if we're, if you're listening to this podcast today and you can, really embrace this man I tell you there's and I don't always do it very well mercy you know I we get we get in arguments we get in disagreements we we walk in judgment and the hardest place to do this is at home right it is I mean it's the hardest place to do it because those who are closest to us tend to tip tip the scale they tend to trip the trigger right they're the it's the booby trap uh, the closer you get to somebody, the more apt you are to be exposed for what where you're weak. But th- these are principles that that are boundless They're, we're it's suggest suggested to us even as it was to Jesus that we walk in these in every moment of every waking hour that we discover how how to put on mercy, how to cloak ourselves in the goodness, the kindness, the mercy right guys any any thoughts, Andrew, as we maybe entertain heading for some possible closure on this particular podcast? Mercy is such a big deal i mean wow when the when the world says that we're I don't join the church because of the hypocrisy, that's pretty
1: that's it's, <laughs> it's not good, it's not good. Um, I, I, I've i heard uh, somebody say, I can't recall who it was, so it's not my original thought, but for those people that say I, I won't go to church because it's full of hypocrites, well, this guy said, well, to that I just say, well, the hypocrites are maybe one step closer to God than you are. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh,
2: yeah. Uh, this great psalm, it says, uh, Psalm eighty six fifteen. but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So that's a good definition too. But you, O Lord or God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, which I think we can all relate to or not relate to (laughs) and abounding, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness.
1: Mm. Good way to summarize it. Wow. It is good way.
0: Listen to this, maybe, maybe closing thought. On the topic. You guys feel like we're. Yeah. Uh, so, the wonder of wonders is that God would choose to transform us by his mercies so we can be holy and acceptable to him. Wow. Worshipping him in the splendor of holiness. That's Romans 12 1 and Psalms 96 9. He has truly wrapped his children in mercy from salvation and throughout eternity. My goodness, that's a strong thought. So in the same way really that he has shown mercy, we are called to show mercy. I mean, it's pretty intense. Uh wow, it's it's I I feel like this topic is particularly humbling because we don't always do a good job of this, and yet we so desire it. I want to be treated the best that I can be treated, I want to be treated with grace and kindness and goodness and mercy and all the rest of the virtues. I want to experience the fruit of his Spirit. And to the degree that he's done it for us, we are capable to do it to others. The question is, are we willing? Um, wow. So let me let me close this podcast out with a, uh, uh, a note of prayer, and then we'll, we'll uh, wrap it up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this concept of mercy, Lord, that you, you have shown us such great mercy, Lord. It began uh, with your birth, really, and, and your deliverance into this world, Lord, but then to walk a life as pure as you did, to be tested and tried, to be exposed to sin, but yet never sin, Lord, to be our example, to be our lead, to be our guide, Lord, to be uh, to take on our sin for us on the cross that we might experience eternal life a relationship with you and then the blessed benefit of an eternal life spent with you lord thank you for your mercy thank you for your grace i pray that you would teach each one of us lord uh, expose reveal uh, tenderly lead us into the gift of mercy toward others lord these beatitudes are all ultimately focused on how we relate to the world around us Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for each one listening today. Thank you for the three of us to do this podcast and our diligence to save the course, Lord. Um, Just pray you'd bless each one of us that present this podcast and bless the listeners, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, um, until next time, uh, our website is uh, lifebeyondthesummit.com and uh, email is lifebeyondthesummit at gmail.com. And we just... uh, Welcome to you to return and and listen again on the next podcast. Until then, God bless you and have a great week.